And so today, as we're in the midst of this series about all of us, there's an invitation that we want to consider around what does it mean to bring all of ourselves. And today we'll be sitting with a story from Genesis around the question of what is your name? Not the names that people have put on you or the labels, but in your truest, most free, most alive self, who are you? And so today we'll do that by sitting with a story of a person whose name was changed. It's from Genesis 32, and I'd invite you, it'll be on the screen. If you want to Google it, you can do that. Just a couple of notes randomly. Um, we often utilize the NRSV version of the Bible, New Revised Standard. There is now an updated edition, uh, which you can find. We utilize that because it um, both takes uh, seriously the latest scholarship and the translation committees are reflective of more of the diversity of humans. So there are people of different genders, people who are from um, not just the United States, uh, people you know, who have different backgrounds who are part of that translation, because as we know as humans, we can all look at the same thing <laughs> and have a little bit different interpretations. So the one that we're gonna see on the screen today is from uh, the NRSV, and I'm reading from a version called the Inclusive Bible. So. Here we'll start off in Genesis 32, verse 22. In the course of that night, Jacob arose, took the entire caravan, and crossed the ford of the uh, Yapoag River. After Jacob had crossed with all his possessions, he returned to the camp, and he was completely alone. And there, someone wrestled with Jacob until the first light of dawn. Seeing that Jacob could not be overpowered, the other struck Jacob at the socket of the hip, and the hip was dislocated as they wrestled. Then Jacob's contender said, Let me go, for day is breaking. Jacob answered, I will not let you go until you bless me. What is your name? the other asked. Jacob, he answered. The other said, your name will no longer be Jacob or heel grabber, but Israel, overcomer of God, because you have wrestled with both God and mortals and you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, now tell me your name, I beg you. The other said, why do you ask me my name? And bless Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, face of God, because I have seen God face to face, yet my life was spared. At sunrise, Jacob left that place, limping along from an injured hip. That is why, to this day, Israelites do not eat the sciatic muscle that is on an animal's hip socket, because Jacob's hip socket was struck at the sciatic muscle. On Friday night, Andy Garvers and I, um, I always call my spouse very often by both of his names. Um, uh, Andy Garvers and I went to the musical Six. Anybody? Okay, well, next time when I ask that question, maybe a couple more of you will have gone because it is the best musical in my not very humble on this matter opinion. 
Um, and so Six is a musical. It's currently at the Ordway. It is also on Broadway, and it may be in other places around the world, but my uh, knowledge of Broadway music is very U.S.-centric, so I apologize. Six is a musical about Henry VIII's six wives. And it is a retelling of their stories. And it starts off as this, we're going to have a pop competition to figure out which one of us should win for the worst life story being married to this guy. Okay. So as they do and as happens, there's a little bit of kind of what might be labeled as some cattiness in their fighting with one another around divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. That's a, a quote. Uh, and in the end, they end up singing, and it's not a spoiler alert because you would experience it for yourself and it would be radically better than me telling you, okay? They end up being like, why are we fighting with one another about some stupid guy from history when this is about all of us and our stories? And they end up singing this powerful song and inviting the audience who gathers every night to join with them around who gets to tell your story, around what does it mean to inhabit your own story, around reclaiming your story, around not, not that someone else is the person whose story matters, but that each of us are beautiful authors and embodiments of story. I've seen it three times. I saw it twice with the original Broadway cast before it went to Broadway when it was going to open on the night of 2020 when all of Broadway went dark. Okay, so they never opened until recently. And now they are touring and I went again and I'm trying to figure out how I can go two or three more times before it leaves the Ordway. There's a lot of reasons I love this musical. The one might not be shocking to some of you is that it, it's pop music, okay? The six women are based off of Ariana Grande, Beyonce, uh, Adele, um, Avril Lavigne. So it, I enjoy that, okay? There's no lie. The other thing is I, of course, enjoy a story where six women who have been told throughout the lens of history the story of a dude get to tell their own story. I do appreciate that. That's also very enjoyable. But I, I love how actually in their reclaiming their own story. It's such a human thing. Because as I look around at the sold-out audience at the Ordway on Friday night at the end of the musical, and you could see joy and longing on people's faces. Because how many of us have not known the pain of having someone else tell us what our story must be. Of someone trying to render our stories invisible or irrelevant or less than. And how many of us, even the life of faith, has been something that's animated this sense of I am made in the image of God and I am loved 
And that beauty of being seen changes and transforms us. And so, I love the musical six. It makes me think about, and I, I bring it up because of Genesis 32. As we read and as we've been talking about, when Jacob was born, he was given the name, that name. And it means something like an overreacher, one who supplants a heel grabber. There's something about it that's like not a particularly, it's, it's not a nice name, right? He's like a trickster in a duplicitous sort of way. And if you know anything about his story, <laughs> that actually is a very appropriate name, right? As I said, names in the Hebrew Bible mean a lot. Okay. He's the second born son of twins and comes out grasping for his brother's heel. His brother is supposed to be the one to inherit. And indeed, Jacob and his mother trick the dad and they get Jacob to get the inheritance, okay? So just think about that. Like, since he was born, he was the supplanter. He was the heel grabber, the trickster. Do any of you have stories of a name you were called as a kid or a story about who you were that actually was painful or didn't fit? or you rebelled against? One of the stories I remember about myself growing up is I was eight weeks premature. And um, I don't know how old I was when I first heard this story. But as the story goes, when I was in the NICU, one of the nurses said to my mom, oh, Sarah, she's the sweetest baby. She never cries. She's going to be just like that when she grows up. And it was told like it was this beautiful story. And it not it so great that Sarah's the sweetest baby and she never cries. But I, I internalized from that, be sweet, don't have any needs, and don't cry. Right? I wasn't crying because I was eight weeks premature and I was like barely alive, you know, like babies cry. Like that's how I know Josie and Josie's like super chill, right? So I'm also very conscious about being like, you can cry, Josie. <laughs> like, Josie's super chill, but I love it. Like when Josie's like, when, okay, Josie's really into food, which I think all humans are, but um, Josie's like really into it in a baby way. And Josie will be like, Rah! I'm like, oh, okay, you're hungry. And then she's like, ah, it's great. Everything's great. You fed me, right? That's a normal thing for babies to say, hey, feed me. Hey, change me. Hey, hold me. Um, so that was a story that shaped me. And I'm sure that many of you have stories or names that you were called that have actually been painful or limiting. And so here in Genesis 32, Jacob wrestles. It's not really clear from the text. There's a tradition around the text, but it's not actually really clear who Jacob is wrestling with. 
uh, a mysterious stranger, an angel, a messenger of God himself? Is this psychological? Does it really happen with a physical being? Is it God? Is it all of those things somehow in one? As a story of a very human story about how we all must wrestle and we do. We know, though, that he does wrestle. And in this wrestling through the night, which, again, who's ever done this? Uh, slide plug for Taylor Swift's latest album, Midnights, about those experiences you have on nights you don't sleep. So he wrestles through the night and is renamed Israel, which becomes not only his name, but the name of a people. It's connected, it, um, it seems, actually to the root word Sarah, Hi. and to El, which is one of the names for God, Elohim, El. So the sense of the one who contends, who prevails, God struggles, the one who struggles with God, you know, these sorts of, his name goes from this negative connotation of the heel grabber, the trickster, the one who supplants, to the one who wrestles, who prevails, who overcomes, who is with God in the wrestling and his name is changed. thinking about this, this last week, I started thinking about, and I have family in town and um, this weekend as well, so I was thinking about families and the names and the stories, and just how in my family I was very much the good girl, and how many of us, we have our family scripts or the family rules or norms about who we're supposed to be, what it means to be the good daughter or son or son-in-law, family member, et cetera. And that sometimes it can be really hard to change those patterns, even if we want them to change. And I was thinking about that both in terms of Jacob's story and in terms of the story from Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10, um, Jesus is talking to the disciples as he's sending them out. And he basically says, like, if people don't accept you in the town, shake the dust off your feet and leave. And then as the passage continues, uh, Jesus is talking and he says, don't think that I just came to bring peace. I actually came to bring the sword and actually to turn family members against one another. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not a passage I've heard preached a lot in church because I notice my anxiety goes up a little bit when I just even talk about it. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about that in terms of family system rules or even cultural norms around what it means to be a good citizen, what it means to be a good whatever your race is or your gender, and how Jesus is troubling those waters to say sometimes there's names you've been called or stories you've been tutored into that are actually keeping you from being really alive, that are keeping you from being able to turn towards your neighbor or yourself in love. And Jesus is like, I'm here to trouble the water a little bit. I'm here to wrestle with you through the night and to give you a new name that is a name of life. Some of you, I actually know, have gone by different names in your life, right? I literally had a conversation this morning with someone. I know this about some of you. 
Like when I went to college, I was Sarah Lynn. And Sarah Lynn was a humongous personality who never slept and was always like, hi, I'm no longer Sarah Lynn. That's still my name is Sarah Lynn Wilhelm Garbers, but I go by Sarah because it's a little more chill, right? <laughs> so some of you have symbolically actually changed what you wanted people to call you because the name didn't fit. How many of us have not had experiences where we've changed and we've gone into a new space and a way to ask people to relate to us differently? This is why sometimes when folks get up in arms about people coming to clarity around their own gender identity and changing their names and, dead name, and then dead name them, I'm like, have you read Genesis 32? Because God changes Jacob's name to a more true story about who he is. Having our name changed, living out a different story can be really terrifying. But if you've ever taken the risk to step out a little bit more into who you know you are or you long to be, do you know the goodness and the, the life you feel in that? Anyone ever had that experience of, you've been like, okay, here's what I need to be. What if I dare to like break the rules and be a little bit more myself? And then you do, and then you're like, I didn't die. Oh my gosh, that felt kind of good. And it feels hard and terrible a lot too, let's be honest, right? But this is part of the beauty of the invitation of the life of faith. That the God who wrestles with humans and leaves them changed is the God who still wrestles and invites us to wrestle today. That we might more truly be the names that God calls us. And that in so doing, not only might we be more alive, but we get to be people who help to celebrate and foster space for each other to be called by our true names as well. What is your name? What's the name you hear or you long to be called? How might you, how might we open ourselves more to be a people who wrestle through the night? Who then walk in ways where we are changed? but walk with more freedom, being able to name as Jacob did. This is the place then where we come face to face with God. And then maybe we'll sing our own musicals. As I know I do, when I have my windows down, listening to songs like the one we just sang and my hands out the window, <laughs> screaming off key. <laughs> I will run the risk of being intimate with my brokenness. Will you pray with me? God, you know all of the reasons throughout our lives 
where we have learned to not even say our true names to ourselves. Where we have been tutored in stories that have been too small or painful. And God, it can be terrifying to go back and, and to touch those places. So God, I pray that by your spirit, you would meet us and invite us lovingly into those tender places. That you would hold us as we wrestle, and indeed many of us wrestle with being held. That in that, that we might hear our truer names. That we might in these bodies and in these skins hear the words of loving kindness that you whisper over us. No, that is not your name. Here is your name. Be at peace. For each of these gathered and for the beauty and wonder of how you have fashioned each of them as unique, beautiful representations of your image, I give thanks. Might we be people called by our names and in so doing, might we be a people who foster space for others to be known by their names as well. It's in the name of Jesus that we live. Amen.